DJ Michael Litton playing those songs that he hoped uh, would get played on the radio and uh, broadcasting from the wicked awesome super cool running DRS ATL studio right here in Roswell Georgia the eighth largest city in the state of GA and uh, my friend and executive producer of the show Wahid Gomes at the uh, helm here on the sound and we are source connecting in our guest super stoked to have Muddy Mananin on the show Muddy started playing guitar when he was 13 years old hearing uh, after hearing Paul McCartney sing she's a woman and that was a seminal moment for him uh, in his life at that time and just a little bit of trivia on that song that was the B-side of I Feel Fine, 1964 release. Think about that. A long time ago. Lots of change in the world since 1964. And that was the first Beatles song to go over three minutes. And then tying into the uh, Georgia connection here, uh, Paul was trying to imitate the vocal stylings of a Georgia-born Little Richard. So how cool is that? So Muddy, welcome to the show. Hello, Michael. Great to be here. Oh, my gosh. How are you what doing? Guys? How are you guys doing? Yeah, we are so excited and so stoked to have you on the show. Uh, calling in from the UK. How cool That's is that? That's right. How cool is that? And uh, we specifically, uh, another Georgia Connection, Muddy, we specifically picked you and I today for the show because it is Dwayne Allman's birthday. So I wanted to kick off the show just uh, having you share your thoughts uh, about Dwayne and uh, the influence he had on on your musical. Oh, Dwayne, yeah, he was w one of the biggest influences I had regarding slide guitar yeah. and the the uh, Allman Brothers Band Live at the Fillmore ah. was, you know, <laughs> one. It's one of the seminal albums I used to. I used to wear that out. I used yeah. to, you know, try and copy all the licks. Yeah. Uh, just great stuff. Great stuff. Very inspiring. Yeah. I love it. And so have you been over here to the States, Muddy, uh, on, on different yeah, tours? Yeah, I've I'm been sure. over. Yeah, I've been over there several times with Wishbone As. Yeah. And I, uh, I think we did two gigs in Atlanta as well. And uh, I really liked it. Yeah. Were you able to get down to Macon and do the, do immerse no, yourself? No, in no, the... no, 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 oh, no. I, I don't think we had a day off. So it was, yeah, you know, right. show and then another show next day somewhere else. Yeah. Wow. Well, for your fans that are legion and continue to grow over your stellar career of so many years and so many albums and so many bands, the way mm -hmm. we roll ride the vibe is we do what I like to call an old fashioned listening party. You know, harkening back to my days in college at University of Colorado Boulder, where we'd just be hanging out and uh, queue up a bunch of albums, right? And we just stack them up and, oh, yeah. and yeah. let them play. We let them run and, they, and everybody had diverse tastes. And so we'd be playing all sorts of different music all over the map, uh, you know, Almond yeah, Rose and Yeah, Tony that's Mitchell. what you used to do. That, that, that's what you used to yeah. do back in the day. Right. When, you know, where I grew up, we had, you know, there's a bunch of guys on the same street yeah. and everybody was into music. So I was more like like the blues guy yeah. and the, the guy next door was into 10 years after yeah. and status quo. And then there was another guy who was into Santana. Right, right. And so, so, so we, you, you know, there was a, there's a, there was a wide variety of different kinds of music because you didn't have to, you didn't have the money to buy all the records yeah. records yourself. No, right. So that that was a nice way to get get to know different artists and different kinds of music. Yeah, I love it. So we're gonna we're gonna follow that format from the standpoint that we're gonna play about seven of your songs, 
And we're not mm-hmm. going to play them in their entirety, y'all, because we want you to go out and buy Muddy's music because it's hard to make a living now, especially since musicians aren't gigging, which means yeah. you should have some extra coin in your pocket out there to buy these albums. And you want to go to Muddy's website, which is what, Muddy? Uh, it's MuddyManninen.com. Yeah. And that's M-A-N-N-I-N-E-N. E-N. So MuddyManninen.com. Com and buy the album off of the website so he can make a little bit more money than through Spotify. So we're going to play yeah, seven thanks. of your songs and we're going to start uh, with uh, a song off your uh, latest release, River Flows. And then we're going to kind of work backwards in your discology, which is so vast mm-hmm. and feature mm-hmm. songs uh, from a lot of different uh, artists or um, bands that you were the uh, featured lead guitarist in. So yeah. uh, I, I'm stoked about that. And I, I hope uh, folks will, again, take us up on the offer to go out and, and buy the music. And I have to give a shout out to the amazing Lucy Pillar. And I say of, of Lucy, you know, how that whole thing, uh, Muddy, the uh, seven degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon. I think it's about one to two degrees of separation uh, from Lucy Pillar and every musician on the planet. So Lucy is the is the is the reason reason we met uh, or got mm. got introduced. So shout out to Lucy here in ATL and hope uh, yeah. that things will open back up here very soon and you'll get a chance to come back over to the states. Oh, I'd love to do that. Yeah, we've been talking about it for a long time. Oh my gosh! Well, we we need that to happen sooner rather than later. Well, let's queue up if we could uh, make believe which is, again, off your latest release, River Flows. And then we're going to come back. We're only going to play a couple minutes just to tease you guys up so you can go out and buy it, uh, buy the whole album. And then uh, we'll come back and talk about that track and more stuff. his latest release, his second solo album, River Flows. And Muddy, that uh, talk, talk about the bandmates on there and that uh, vocalist who should be familiar to uh, folks around this neck of the woods. Yeah, that's Melanie Den- Denard uh, from Atlanta. Ah, a fabulous it. singer yes. I was lucky to be working with. Yeah. And hopefully we're going to do some more work in the future mm. when all this crap with the uh, COVID <laughs> is over. Amen to that. And... Well, you guys yeah. got a great, there's a great chemistry there between that uh, yeah. killer guitar it, and her vocals. Yeah, it, it was really easy to work with it. I mean, she's fabulous, like I said. Yeah. And uh, I had this song quite some time. I had, a, uh, I had a demo with different singers, but when I met Melanie, I, I knew immediately that, that she was the right singer for the song. Mm. And then through uh, Lucy, 
we know all the guys from Free and, yeah. and Bad Company. Yeah. I managed to get Simon Kirk oh my God. to play drums. Who's you know, absolutely one of my favorite drummers. Yeah. So I was really chuffed. Is he on uh, that? He's uh, drumming on that track? Or? Yeah, he's he's drumming on, on this track. And there's another track on the album called uh, Don't Let Them Put the Hoochie on Me, uh, uh, where he's on as well. Yeah. And then the and, other uh, mates you've got with you on, on this uh, album? Uh, on this album, yeah, there's guys uh, who play some. Some of the uh, some of the guys played on the on the first album as well. Yeah. Mark Butler on bass, and uh, uh, Mark Perry did some keyboards. Uh, then I had Kev Moore doing Love vocals yeah. and playing back bass, and uh, who else did I have there? Yeah, Jerry Soffer on bass and Tom Gilks. Oh. Uh, a really good young drummer from Bristol who's playing on on the other tracks. I love it. Well, how did so you? What's I the, was in good company. Yeah, <laughs> or or vice versa. However that works is all. Mm. So how did you meet uh, Melanie? What was the it, Lucy? The common denominator there again. Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I met Lucy after uh, I released my first solo album, Long Player, and then yeah. you know we got to be friends, and mm -hmm. then she introduced me to Melanie. Yeah. And uh, she arranged a sort of a promo tour for Melanie in the UK two years ago. She came over and we did about five, six gigs, just uh, just the two of us mm. around London area. And uh, yeah, that's that's how it happened. Um, I love it, love it, love it. You're a great vocalist and we hope, uh, hope to have her on the show. And you're also doing... Uh, some collaborating with uh, another um, fella or a fella out of uh, the North Georgia mountains, uh, Troy Underwood, who had, who was on the show here uh, not too long ago. Yeah, Troy. Yeah, that that, that again was Lucy yeah. uh, who introduced us, and uh, uh, he's a great singer. I really like his voice, yeah. and uh, he's doing really good stuff. And uh, so we, you know, started chatting online and see, you know shall we try and uh, write some songs mm -hmm. and uh, he sent me a demo uh, quick you yeah. know one minute clip yeah. uh, here's an idea and uh, uh, I started doing the background for it and I sent him some you know chord ideas you know this could be a verse this could be a chorus yeah. and he said he's going to start working on the on the vocals but you know, it's a slow process sure but, you know sure that's so cool, though. I mean, that's and that's a big change. Is I mean, that's a positive change as it relates to the technology and the connectivity yes. of the world from back in the day when it when when that couldn't really happen that easily. No, no, that's really cool. You know, that's one good thing about the modern technology. You can send files mm -hmm. to you know, for instance, to the to Atlanta, and yeah. somebody's going to do the vocal there, and then right. yeah, makes us one one world. Gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So right, I, I couldn't have done the, the album without that because of the lockdown sure, and stuff sure. going on. Yeah, that's just crazy. So uh, you touched on it a little bit with your mates, uh, you know, back in the neighborhood. And I'm I'm imagining that was in your neighborhood in Helsinki, Finland. Is that is that what you were referencing when you were talking about you know the the guys playing different albums and that sort of thing in the neighborhood? Is that you mean this album? No, when um, you referenced earlier in the show, you know that you guys would. You know, get the oh good, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was in Helsinki, Helsinki. yeah, where I grew up. up. Yeah, yeah. Talk about that. I mean, growing up in Helsinki, and it sounds like you guys were exposed to. I mean, all the way from ten years after to Almond Bros and yeah, on and on. Yeah, yeah. That was a, that was a good place to grow up. I mean, uh, I grew up, grew up in, where we lived was uh, about you know six or seven miles from the center of the city. Yeah. So, so you had a quick access to the city center, but then, you know, there was a lot of, you know, woods and Helsinki is on the, on the seafront. So there was, there was a lot of places to roam around when you were a kid. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, everybody started to get into the, to, to music mm -hmm. and, uh, I, for one, my mother uh, subscribed Melody Maker to me when I was about 12, oh, 13 years uh, old. So as I was really yeah. clued into what was happening in the UK yeah. and a bit of America as well. Right. And 
you know, we, we just started buying albums. And I remember going to the music shops and checking out, you know, the album covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, does that look good? Yeah, right. And then you, then you had a, <laughs> yeah. then you had a, if it had two guitars, bass and yeah. drums, that was usually the. <laughs> yeah, and a lot was determined by the album cover. And I want, yeah. and hold that thought a minute because I want to come back and pick that up. We're going to take just a short break to support our killer sponsor, who in this case happens to be DRS Atlanta and Waheed Gomes, who was gracious enough mm-hmm. to host the show. And then I want to talk about, I want to pick, uh, pick up on that and uh, how you, re- when you recognize your talent for uh, okay. music. So just take a short break. We'll be right back. DRS provides professional audio mixing and mastering services. They also provide other creative services such as voiceover editing, audio restoration, and audio forensics. They have great customer service, their work is fast and efficient, and their prices are affordable. You can learn more about their creative services by visiting them on the web at drsatl.com. Again, that's drsatl.com. Or call them at 404-590-0779. Again, that's 404-590-0779. DRS, when the right sound matters. You are back on Ride the Bob. Michael Litton, the last DJ, having a great conversation with Muddy. And uh, we, just before break, you're talking about uh, how your mother got you a subscription to Melody Maker about when you were 12, 13 years old. Yeah, yeah. Does that coincide then, Muddy, with picking up the guitar and started playing then? Is that what, what yeah, drove you to happened that? About, yeah, it happened about the same time. You know, I had my first guitar. I think I was 10 years old. Mm. We did, uh, I saved all my pocket monies. Yeah. And we did a, a family holiday to Denmark, to Copenhagen, uh. and I bought a guitar. Yeah. Uh, and but that didn't really, you know, take off uh, <laughs> uh, for a couple of years. Yeah. And then, you know, but I think I was about thirteen. I yeah. started playing more seriously mm-hmm. and started taking a bit of uh, guitar lessons as well. Yeah. But the melody maker thing was really cool because, you know, you'd go and read, you know, uh, stuff about new bands mm-hmm. if, if if that. Um, sounded interesting then you'd go into the record sure. store and buy the uh, albums yeah. and, and that's how i got to know all this great uh, the 70s bands mm-hmm. like, like free pato yeah. and uh, there was a period when i was listening to a lot of uh remember the uh, record label vertigo mm-hmm. that was sort of a progressive yeah. um, label and they had Pato in there, Mayblitz and Gentle Giant. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, all, yeah. all those yeah, guys. Sure, guys. Sure. I love it. And yeah, it was it was just, you know, basically trial and error. Yeah. You know, you went and bought the album and most of the time you actually although you didn't like the album at first, you yeah. sort of gave it a couple of listens and then then it started growing. Sure. Sure. And yeah, great times. Well how so um, the, uh, an obvious question, not, not a <laughs> stroke of genius here to ask, uh, the moniker muddy. And, you know, I, I picked up uh, blues yeah. early on. So I'm imagining that, you know, yeah, the, yeah, that was, that was part of it. But the, the basic reason was, that, uh, a friend of mine thought that my guitar sound was a bit muddy. Interesting. And, uh. I don't know if it was, but in his opinion, it was. So, <laughs> so they started they, <laughs> they started calling me muta, uh, which is mud uh, 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 uh. in English, and then yeah. the mud turned into muddy yeah. pretty soon, and that kind of stuck. Interesting. So nothing to do with muddy waters necessarily. <laughs> well, not necessarily. Although I, I, I yeah, am a big were, fan, right, and right. I used to li- <laughs> listen to him a lot. Yeah. Well, that's and it, I, I've heard folks say that the sound back then though was a bit muddier. It wasn't, and that you know you could make a case that that um, that you know may have been better because now it's just too pristine. I mean, it's too yeah, too hi-fi, right? Something. Well, but the the best sounding albums they are from the you know early seventies mm-hmm. to mid seventies, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
And the vinyl sounds better than it's than a CD, I sure, have to say. Sure, of course. Thank goodness there's a resurgence of that. We've got a, a yeah, local yeah. shop here in Roswell, Mojo Vinyl, Rand yeah. Cabasa, bringing yeah. Mojo or bringing vinyl back. Well, I think we uh, we need to hear another song as we promised these listeners. And we also talked about uh, or wanted to encourage them to get a beverage of their choice and sit back and listen to this music and this conversation and then go out and buy some of Muddy's music. Muddy Mannanen, and that's M-A-N-N-I-N-E-N.com. Buy the album. And this is off of your first solo release called Long Player. You referenced a minute ago. And this is a killer mm-hmm. uh, track called Danger Zone. Again, we're not playing it in its, in your ty- in its entirety, y'all, because we want you to buy the music because it's hard to make a living right now for musicians because they're not gigging. So, And you got money in your pocket with no uh, gigs. So let's hear a little Danger Zone. And then we'll be right back. Buddy, talk about that uh, that song, Danger Zone, off a long player, your first solo, and the vocalists on there and the players. Yeah, that 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 was written uh, with Greg Sutton, Sutton okay. a good friend of mine, Tony Rowe, yeah. hooked us up, uh, and uh, three years, four years ago, mm. and I went down to LA to meet Greg and spent about ten days over there. Uh, hanging out with him and we wrote some songs together and this was one of them. Mm, love it. Uh, with the, the basic track in his home studio, I remember playing the, the lead track with uh, with my Les Paul mm. into a Vox AC 30 amp. Oh my gosh. And then it was done with a drum loop and then uh, Greg sent the files back to England and we overdubbed the drums, the real drums too. Mm. But yeah, he, he's a great guy. Sort of my musical soul brother. I love one it. of the one of one one of the best songwriters I know. He's he's really really good. Now talk so talk about the the changing industry and your thoughts about singles versus albums. And you know, uh, I mean, it, it's it's so different now. The world, uh, the way people buy yeah. music. Yeah, it's completely changed. Uh, I don't know, you know, people still release singles, but it's not the same thing as it was before. Yeah. I think it's just a promotional tool that you get, you know, right. you get played on the radio. And I don't think people are people are not buying CDs anymore. No, most of the right. people, most of the, you know, they're just down streaming or downloading right. stuff. Right. So, uh, yeah. Do you keep that? And the I mean, money that, you uh, get from streaming, for instance, is just it's peanuts. Pathetic. Yeah, it's pathetic. Yeah, it's pathetic. Yeah, I've, I just read an interview with a Finnish guy who, uh, who's who been writing songs for Kylie Minogue uh, and, you know, Mika, sort mm-hmm. of a pop disco stuff. And he said even if you get like 
three, what was it? Three million hits. (laughs) You basically get, you know, 20 quid for that. Right, right. Well, three million times 0.00331. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, our, uh, sad. Our uh, Georgia boy, Mike Mills with REM, you know, in an article uh, told uh, the Spotify CEO, Daniel, Daniel Ilk to go F himself. (laughs) When I guess Ilk was, you know, telling artists, so if you want to make more money, just go out and uh, record more, release more. Oh yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, sure, of course. Oh yeah, that's, right. That's good uh, for it's you. It's funny. I was, <laughs> I was, uh, I was just reading uh, Rod Stewart's autobiography, ah. which, by the way, is a great is book. Oh, I haven't laughed so much in a long, long time when he was talking about the <laughs> Jeff Beck group and the Faces. Ah, yeah, I loved Faces. Yeah. But anyway, he mentions, <laughs> in, uh, when he released his first solo album back '69 or '70, and. He said it didn't sell that much in the UK, in, in the US, only 150,000 copies. <laughs> and and that was like, wasn't much. Nobody sells. Yeah. Nobody sells that amount anymore. <laughs> and that was his first release. That's crazy. Yeah, that was first. Yeah, he didn't sell much. Yeah. <laughs> he was being modest. Yeah, great. A great, mm-hmm. great guy. Well, we're going to take just a short break to uh, support a sponsor near and dear to my heart. Or, excuse me, we're going we're gonna to support, actually, this is kind of cool, Muddy. So uh, we've mm-hmm. uh, developed a collaboration uh, with Radio Tucker, which is an independent station just started. It's in Tucker, Georgia, but uh, you can enjoy it anywhere around the world. The, uh, you know, all the different uh, ways people get radio, yeah, tune in yeah. app and all this kind of stuff. And he has taken our shows and he's uh, got a time slot Tuesday from 9 to 10 Eastern time. And he's airing our shows. So this show with money will be aired on Radio Tucker. And oh, I have to write that down. Yeah, Radio Tucker. Cool guy. Um, and he uh, is featuring primarily on the show Georgia Homegrown and then uh, independent local bands. But uh, because of the tie-in with Ride the Vibe and Lucy's uh introduction to all so many artists like yourself uh, in different places mm-hmm. around the planet um, we're getting an opportunity to expose uh, the listeners of Radio Tucker to uh, artists like yourself so it's a cool collaboration and yeah, all about very cool. promoting yeah. music so Wahid if we could uh, tee up that ad for uh, Radio Tucker that would be killer and then we'll be right back Hi there, it's Jason from Radio Tucker we're the new station in town but you don't have to live in Tucker to enjoy the music we play We play a mix of music from the 60s to today's alternative indie and all country. We're local, so we love local music. We play lots of Georgia bands, and we'll even play your local band. Streaming 24-7 at RadioTucker.com, or look for us on the TuneIn app, or ask Alexa to play Radio Tucker. Locally programmed, globally enjoyed, we're Radio Tucker. Locally programmed, globally enjoyed. That's killer. We had uh, yeah. we had a great conversation with Jason uh, on Ride the Vibe uh, last show. It was very cool to chat with him. So, uh, yeah, so we'll hope uh, that uh, the Radio Tucker listeners get exposed to Muddy if they haven't before through the different mm-hmm. bands you've been uh, working with. And I want to key up, or queue up, not key up, queue up Northern Lights, which is uh, off of uh, a record is a recording off of uh, when you were working with Hip Kiss. And then, yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. And so we'll, uh, we'll queue that up and then come back and chat a little bit about that. I'm guessing maybe Northern Lights, something to do with uh, Helsinki, Finland, but I may be way, way off on that, but uh, we'll find out. So stay with us after we hear this great song.
Keys Killer Guitar on that song, Northern Lights, with the band Hip Kiss. Buddy, talk about Hip Kiss and uh, that vocals on that track. Yeah, uh, I started work, working with Patsy, Patsy Gamble, who's the singer and sax player in Hip Kiss, uh-huh. or, already back in 2012 or 13. Wow. And uh, that was just... Uh, yeah, I wanted to do something else on the side of uh, being in Wishbonus, and yeah. uh, the, the the outfit is really quite funky, jazzy. Yeah, yeah. a lot of the stuff we're playing, and this this was this is one of the more poppy songs yeah. we we do, and uh, yeah, it's it's a great real uh, great little outfit, and uh, we've been doing gigs around locally here. Of course not. <laughs> no, yeah. Ever since the, you know, uh, the the crap started with the COVID, yeah, but geez, we've been working on some new material, which mm. is really funky, jazzy. Yeah, I love it. And that really song, did it. I get even close to that? Uh, the the genesis of that, the inspiration uh, with the uh, Northern well, Lights. Yeah, Northern Lights. It actually refers to the uh, area where I live in the UK, okay. which is sort of like like it says, uh, rolling hills yeah. of green. Yeah. And actually, I think you can see Northern Lights over here in the UK if you get, you know, a bit more north yeah. from here. And you're in Bristol? And, Bristol? Is that- uh, well, it's, this is really close to Bristol. Bristol. It's about okay. half an hour from uh, Bristol yeah. up north. And uh, the lyrics were written in, in America ah. a couple of years ago, uh, sitting in the van, oh. touring <laughs> in the Midwest. When we were uh, with uh, touring with uh, Wishbone Ash, oh, yeah, yeah. With Wishbone Ash, yeah, <laughs> just passing the time. <laughs> so, what's it like? I mean, as a musician, to be—I mean, so you got you know Wishbone Ash, and then you got your solo career, and then you're in Hip Kiss, and I mean, it's got to be really sort of freeing uh, creatively, I would think. Yeah, yeah, and you get to do a lot of different things, mm-hmm. and Wishbone Ash was one thing. Yeah, that was really a good learning curve for me. Yeah. As a songwriter, and uh, one of the things I uh, hadn't done before was to sing, actually to sing. Yeah. So I had to start doing backing vocals, and, you know, it was really a good experience for me. Mm-hmm. And then doing stuff with other people to keep yourself sort of occupied yeah. and interested in music. Mm-hmm. I love all sorts of music. Yeah. So you can go in all different directions. Well, you know, we've touched on it now, but we, we should uh, play this. And uh, folks, uh, if you want to go out and check out the video, it's kind of cool. I had never seen this, but it's a 360 degree video of this song, Deep Blue. So you can see uh, money on stage. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. So check you that out. You can scroll with your computer. Yeah, so you, you can know. just scroll around and see, uh, which is pretty awesome. And it's off the Wishbone Ash uh, Blue Horizon. And the song is Deep Blue, so let's feature a little of that and then come back and talk about your time with uh, Wishbone Ash.
guitar on that song, Deep Blue, off of Wishbone Ashes, Blue Horizon. Muddy, talk about, you know, the opportunity to uh, join Wishbone Ash, how that came about, and what it was like touring with them and, and just working with the cats. Mm, well, that uh, happened, uh, we had a band called uh, Gringos Locos. Yeah, we're going to feature, one of, we're gonna feature yeah. one of their songs next. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, with Ben Granfeld's being the other guitar player, and, and he played in Wishbone Ass from uh, uh, I think 1999 until 2003. Yeah, and he wanted to settle down, raise some kids, and you know <laughs> wanted to get off the touring bus. So yeah. he gave me a call. That, Would you like to replace me? Mm. And I said, Yeah, absolutely. And uh, then went down to London for a audition, and eventually got the. Oh my God. The place. So uh, that was pretty cool yeah. because what an honor, I used huh? to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to listen to Wishbone as when I was a kid. Uh, yeah. And one of the first bands we did, we played, uh, I think, two Wishbone Ass tracks. Oh one, of, one of them being Blowing Free, yeah. uh, very badly, of course. <laughs> but we, we did a lot of other stuff yeah. very badly, too. Yeah. We, we were really ambitious. I think we had some Frank Zappa and oh, we had nice. some oh, Roman oh, Brothers band. What a great <laughs> Yeah, Frank, a great yeah. guitarist, man. Underrated. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Well, you and I talked but, about it in the run-up to the show. One of my favorites, uh, The King Will Come, off of Argus. And uh, mm. I think you told me that you you did that at uh, live at the Rock of Ages in 2014. Was that did I get that right, or I all screwed uh, up? Yeah, yeah, that was a you know mainstay in this right, set, right. That song. You couldn't get yeah, you couldn't do a gig without playing yeah. that. It kind of their their uh, sort of um, uh, signature, I guess. Kind of yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that whole album though, Argus, was a killer. For yeah, me. yeah, yeah. It's considered the the, the best Wishbone. Oh, album. interesting. Okay. Yeah, generally, but yeah. you know, I like the two first albums a bit more. Argus was, you know, at that point I started to go off. Yeah, Wishbone as to other yeah. other bands. <laughs> yeah, like uh, well, so we uh, we need to segue, uh, or you segued brilliantly. You could take over my job here, Muddy. But uh, so mm -hmm. uh, Gringos Locos in uh, 2013, and we're going to queue up this track, Jealousy, and and that'll uh, you know tie back into kind of how you came to Wishbone Ash as well. So. We could hear a little jealousy, Waheed, that'd be great. with the band Gringos Locos. That's the song Jealousy. So talk about that, uh, Gringos Locos. and and uh... That was a real blast from the past. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, God. and, and uh, we have that. You can, for those uh, out there that want to see it on video, you can go uh, go check that out on video. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. There's some horse riding in there. I remember we had to train to ride horses. And uh, after two weeks, I fell off the horse and I broke my wrist. No way. It wasn't very good. Yeah. That not for, was that uh, your guitar? Uh, your guitar? Your, well, for any wrist, it would be bad for a guitarist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that, that was that was sort of the first band where I started writing songs. Uh, and yeah. uh, did you write that one? Uh, yeah, we, I, I think we did. I think I did. Yeah. I think the lyrics were done by Jim Pembroke, who was an English guy living in Helsinki okay. at the time. But yeah, but it was it was great fun at the time. Yeah. And we were young, and yeah. uh, we had this sort of a sort of an image uh, like cowboys, cowboys right? <laughs> Which yeah, they'll yeah. see when they watch that video. Yeah, oh God. That's embarrassing. <laughs> or don't watch that. <laughs> it's better we're doing this show just audio, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, but we, we had some great times yeah. and uh, uh, we did some touring in Europe. Uh, yeah. We made a really good record deal with uh, Polygram Records. Ah. Uh, I think we did, it was a seven album deal. Oh, wow. Which, of course, we didn't. <laughs> fulfill <laughs> because the band broke after <laughs> broke up after the third album oh well but we uh, supported we supported status quo in the uk yeah. and uh, uh did some gigs over in the us mm. as well oh interesting so it was it was it yeah. was really good we yeah. had some great times and all the and all so we've already we touched on your two solo albums your work with hip kiss wishbone ash mm. and now gringos locos and all of that uh Cats can find on muddymanninen.com, and that's M-A-N-N-I-N-E-N.com, and you can buy these albums, and I uh, strongly encourage you to go out and do that again, because there's no money coming in from gigs, which means no money coming in from merch, which means no money coming in from CDs, and we've already talked about it. You'd have to go down or, uh, um, you know, Spotify that song a million times, and Muddy maybe make a buck. He wouldn't even make enough to get a cold yeah. beverage, so... Go out and buy the album off the website would be the, the best. Yeah. But, you know, I was talking about you know, touring, uh, supporting with Status Quo, yeah. with Gringos Lovers. And I remember one incident very clearly because ah. we were driving, uh, there were five of us and our manager, TJ Lammers, and we were going from uh, one place to another in his Chevy uh <laughs> It was a sedan. It, it, it wasn't even an estate, yeah. but it was a, a sedan. And there were, there were six guys <laughs> in the car, plus all the luggage on top of the car. Oh, Lord. And, and driving from Birmingham down to somewhere else. Birmingham, on, Alabama on or Birmingham, England? Birmingham, England. England, okay. Yeah. And, uh, and on the motorway, we suddenly saw a Rolls Royce <laughs> overtaking us with Richard Parfit driving it with a beautiful blonde in the front seat. <laughs> And I said, this is not right. <laughs> we want to be there, not here. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. This is unfair. Oh, but, that's you know, funny. Cramped in a small, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not, as I've had uh, guests say on the show, you know, everybody thinks it's so glamorous. Well, it's glamorous for yeah. like, you know, the time you're on stage and then the rest of the time yeah. is a bit of a, yeah. a, a slug, yeah. you know, with doing exactly you, what There you're... are some glamorous times, but you know, most of it is just hard yeah, work. Yeah, a lot of work, a lot of work. Well, we're going to take just a short break to uh, support a sponsor near and dear to my heart, Foundation for Premature Infants. And then we're going to be right back. We've got two more songs we want to feature here. Uh, and having a great conversation with Muddy out of the UK. The number of premature infants born in the United States each year, 380,000. That's 9.8% of the total births in the U.S. The Foundation for Premature Infants' mission is to advocate for the right of all premature infants to be cared for in a developmentally supportive and age-appropriate manner. Our vision is to ensure that Premature Infants Bill of Rights is the standard of care for all babies born prematurely 24 hours per day, 365 days per year on all shifts in every neonatal intensive care unit throughout the world. Please consider making a donation by visiting us on Facebook, Foundation for Premature Infants, or at our website, foundationforprematureinfants.org. I've just got to give a shout out to my buddy and the executive producer of this show, Waheed Gomes. He did a first of kind and he did it uh, on behalf of the Foundation for Premature Infants. He worked with the Foundation for Premature Infants board member, Lisa Bader, who's been a 
neonatal intensive care unit, occupational therapist for her whole career, 25 plus years. And um, she identified through her work with these little people who have no voice that um, unfortunately they were, many of them were developing misshapen heads because when they come out prematurely, that cranium is not formed. And so if they lay on one side or the other and, and they develop, you know, things, derogatory terms like toaster head or flounder head, uh, you know, and that stigma stays with them their entire life, you know, mis- uh, that misshapen head, the stigma, and then the glasses don't fit and it has a cascading effect and it's 100% preventable. Um, not, and not, not very, it does not cost very much money, you know, the pe- uh, pay me now, pay me later kind of thing. So Wahid in, in working with Lisa, a first of kind for DRSATL put together a very, very cool educational video that the foundation funded. And that's now out in the public domain. So anyone on the planet that's in the neonatal intensive care space can get a hold of this video that will help you prevent misshapen heads. So we're really excited about that. And again, first of kind for Waheed. So if you're looking to do cool stuff like that, you definitely want to check out DRSATL. Muddy, just a delight having you on the show and a fascinating conversation. Talk about, we touched on it just a little bit about how the creative process has changed and some of the positive aspects. Uh, but what what's your process as a songwriter, you know, guitarist? How, how do you go about it? Do you have a... So how do you come up with a song? You yeah, mean? I mean, how, how do you do that? Or do you yeah, have a certain... There's different, there's different ways to get to the to the end of the, uh, where you have a finished song. Uh, I usually, you know, muck about with guitar all the time. Mm-hmm. So I might come up with a riff. Yeah. And uh, then you, 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 you record it. it and sometimes you come up with a whole, you know, chord sequence, but you don't come up with a melody or the, or the vocal line. And you, then you put the thing aside for a while. And then you might have a, a piece of lyric that you, you know, suddenly realize that okay that would might go with That'll that fit. song yeah yeah so, yeah or then you know very rarely you know the song sort of writes itself <laughs> like like that happened with a uh, blue horizon oh did it okay yeah uh, and uh, my uh, writing partner and my good friend ian harris mm-hmm. sent me the lyric mm-hmm. and i just read them through and uh, immediately had had a song in mind mm. So, so it, it just happened in two minutes. Wow. So the basic structure of the song was there, but you know. And that became uh, the title track of that album. Right? Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. But you know, it sometimes happens and it, and it's a great feeling when it does happen, mm-hmm. but not very often, mm-hmm. but usually it's like, you know, like a, a jigsaw puzzle, you've got different parts and then you start connecting them and, you know, suddenly you've got a song. How do you keep track of them all? Do you have a book? Do you keep, um, you know, a poster board or what, what's your uh, method? For the, I, us- I, usually, I usually record the ideas on my phone. Okay, There's yeah. a small recorder there and yeah. I just put, you know, whatever idea I got, you know, mm-hmm. I just record it then. And do you have a certain time? I mean, you do it mornings, night, or is it any, it could come to you any time and then you just record uh, it? Or? Uh, evening's the best time, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, I want to... Uh, it's like having a gig. Yeah, <laughs> in the evenings, yeah. right? Those gigs yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Come on. Mm-hmm. Come yeah, on, y'all. Yeah. Let's open things back up, man. We got to get these musicians back out gigging. Oh, we, I really do <clears throat> miss live playing. Oh, my gosh. So uh, we're going we're gonna to circle back uh, to a, a band, Red House, the Red House Band, and we're going to feature mm-hmm. this track. She's Got No Name. And uh, we're going to only play a couple minutes because the time is flying by. And again, we want folks to go out and buy that music off of uh, Red House Band with Muddy on Guitar.
house band, but she's got a killer guitar riff there. I love that, Muddy. That's awesome. Talk about Red Out. Oh, cool, thanks. Yeah, that, that was the first uh, professional recording I ever did. I no think it way. Was seven to six. Yeah, yeah. Seven to six. And we had this band, you know, basically I'm a blues guy. Yeah, but, right. Uh, but, and, uh, yeah, that was the first time I was in a professional, proper recording studio. And I remember the sessions because before that, you know, you played in, in the rehearsing room and you, we did a few gigs, yeah. but it's completely different mm. from playing in the studio where everything is really dry. Yeah. And I remember being really disappointed with my guitar sound. Oh, it was really... You, yeah, yeah. It was, too sterile, you know, too pure, too... Too sterile, yeah. and you could It wasn't muddy the, enough, know. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. But you could hear all the mistakes and all, the, ah, yeah. all, all that stuff. But it eventually turned out right. But it was, you know, it was a, a new experience for me. Yeah. And the Red House Band, yeah. uh, primarily blues, bass, blues-ish? Yeah, bass. that was blues. That was blues we did... Yeah. Uh, we did a bit of a All My Brothers Band stuff, a mm-hmm. couple of original songs like this. Yeah. Uh, we did some Booker White, yeah. uh, some Robert Johnson. Yeah. I love it. Two guitars, bass and drums. Oh my gosh. Well, we're going to, so the time, we're almost out of time here. So I got to get one more song in because we're going to come full circle back to oh. your latest release, River Flows. And this is the title track. And this has got some uh, uh, killer guitar licks on it as well. River flows. Mm. And again, we're just playing a couple minutes of it. when I started getting into it. I know, we cut you off, but we're teasing people. They got to go out and buy it, Muddy. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen too. <laughs> but but that uh, title is so apropos. I mean, it just, the flow. How, talk about that that song, that title track off of your latest yeah, release. Well, basically, yeah, it's just a vehicle for guitar yeah. noodling. But <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to... Uh, Dedicate this track to a couple of uh, very important people in my life, uh, yeah. uh, Paul Kossoff and Peter Green, and oh, uh, wow. then the guy who I consider my mentor yeah. is a Finnish guy called Pavel Majanen. Mm. And they're all very important, you know, yeah. musical persons in my life. Yeah. Wow. So you know, a lot of people consider uh, Peter Green one of the. The, the premier guitarist out of the UK. He, he was great. Yeah, he was from another planet. Mm. I mean, he was so emotional, as was Paul Kosov. And that that's the, the thing that ties these two guys together. Yeah. They weren't technically, you know, 
so you know uh virtuoso mm-hmm. guitar players but mm-hmm. they had so much feel yeah. in their playing and i think that's the most important thing when you're playing music is the feel which is great takeaway for those up-and-coming musicians mm-hmm. and so i've got we're almost out of time here but i it, it kind of you teed it up again you're going to take over my job here buddy but uh if you were putting together you're a, you're the manager and you can put together your dream three-piece band and only three piece. Yeah, only three piece, and it uh, so mm-hmm. you know it could be guitar, drums, uh, bass. Uh, but does it, it involve myself? No, not yourself. No, and it could be uh, dead or uh, living musicians. Who would you? Uh-huh. Who would you put in that band? Oh God! I know I've kind of put you on the spot here at the end. <laughs> yeah, that's you, you, could you, know, say, you could easily say you could easily say Jimmy Hendrix, Jimmy Hendrix and Spirits. That's three right, guys, right, but, right, 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 right. Okay, uh, or Cream, I uh, suppose. Yeah, Cream. Yeah, yeah, but I would put Andy Fraser on bass. Ah, yeah, and uh, wow, that's interesting. I would put Glenn Campbell on steel guitar, the guy from Juicy Lucy. Oh, nice. Yeah. Who's, a, who's a great uh, steel guitar, yeah. lap steel uh, player, one of my great heroes. Yeah. And uh, for a drummer. Yeah. Jesus, that's <laughs> difficult. <laughs> I, w- I, w- I was going to say Simon sure, Kerr, sure, but sure. then it would be, yeah, it, you know, <laughs> could be Simon That would be like freeze rhythm section with right, uh, right. Glenn Campbell. <laughs> Yeah, that's okay, though. Yeah. You can do it like yeah, that. Not, that's not bad. <laughs> that no. isn't a bad one. So the last DJ was, uh, he. I would go with uh, Don Henley on drums because of his ability yeah. with his vocals yeah. and his writing. He's a good singer as well. Yeah, and singer. And then Paul McCartney on bass because, of course, oh, of yeah. writing and singing. And then I, I have to put my man Clapton on guitar. <laughs> And that would be my three piece. Yeah, that's that's a very good lineup. Yeah, yeah. But they're all good. I like yours as well. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. we're almost. Well, we got... Andy Fraser was Andy Fraser was actually a pretty good singer as well. Yeah. So you got that so, covered. So we got yeah, one okay. minute of uh, parting comments, thoughts, other than get this bloody thing open back up so musicians can gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been great chatting with you. Oh, you know, back I at mean, you, yeah, buddy. really, really enjoyed this. Yeah. yeah. You and me both. And we look forward to having you come over. And again, huge shout out to uh Yeah, to we've been Lucy. talking about it with Lucy to for Lucy. a long, long time. So I have to come over when this shit is over. Amen to that, brother. And it can't happen soon yeah. enough. And uh, so you all go out and uh, look up Muddy Mananen at uh, .com, M-A-N-N-I-N-E-N, and buy all these albums off of River Flows, Long Player, Hip Kiss, Wishbone Ash, Gringos Locos, Red House Band. Get them all. Load mm-hmm. them up. You can afford it. <laughs> Christmas is coming. We're out of yeah. here. Thanks so much, Mike. All right. God bless. Take care. Yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.